like. How so. many little ones do y'all have? Uh, Reese's Reese's eight, and Teddy is five, and they go to Notre Dame, and Graham is two, and all their birthdays are in the same week in December. Oh my god! Exactly three years apart, same week. Really? It's a, yeah. And so when Christmas hits, their birthdays hit in December. Christmas hits, New Year's hits. Our our wedding anniversary is in January. But you got to financially plan. <laughs> we, we get to Valentine's Day. It's like, she's like, don't even buy me flowers. All right. Just, <laughs> like for real. Like, That's going to stress me out. <laughs> we can have some ramen for dinner. That's oh my we'll, call it, we'll call it even. <laughs> so um, the reason I have you here today is, you know, this is the Curvo podcast. I invite everybody on who um, provides value to Curvo. You necessarily don't have to be a business owner. Um, just people who provide value to Kerrville. Yeah. And Off Main Brewing is opening this month? Uh, We're looking at mid-April. Mid-April. Right now. Yeah. Construction delays and... Oh, good old building. I don't don't have to tell you that. It's just... (laughs) Yeah. I mean, six months ago, we were like, okay, it's going to be March, like March 2nd, March 3rd. We're starting to plan like uh, some events for Texas Independence Day, Mm. which is Happy Independence Day. Yes. Um, We were trying to plan all this stuff for that, and it just creeped and creeped and creeped and creeped and it's just so now we're hoping for middle of april yeah they but, say tack on 20 percent to your your time and your financials and your too. financials when it we're comes learning to that building. yeah we're learning yeah. that tack on 20 percent. definitely shoestringing this thing but uh yeah we've been collecting like our equipment and everything we've been collecting that for years um so it's not like we had to go write a big check for the stainless steel which is crazy expensive but um yeah so we're just okay. making work I want to dive into um, eight years ago, almost eight years ago. So I saw a picture on your social media. It showed two dadgum Gatorade. Oh, yeah. the, so the original. How did you start and why did you start? So everybody always has their, you ask any brewer and they all have their moment, right? For me, it started, it, I was a fanboy, right? I was a brewery fanboy. I loved breweries. I went to A&M in the early 2000s and I was the guy that showed up with craft beer six pack. I was that weird guy uh, when you couldn't find it in College Station. It just didn't exist. There was no specs. There was nothing. Um, so you had to hunt for it. And so I would, when I would get some, I'd take it to a party and and I'd be the only one that would drink it. And so since then, uh, shout out to St. Arnold's Amber Ale. That was my my gateway. Your gateway <laughs> beer. Uh, yeah. So when I learned it could be more than what Miller Lite is. Yeah. Um, so from there, it was just, I would go to breweries all the time. I had no idea you could brew. I didn't, it never, it never clicked in my head that that was a thing that you could do. Um, and my wife and I were living in Houston and one of my really good friends is the city manager in Humble. And he and his friends, some of his friends in Humble started brewing. And like a week later, we moved to Charlotte for a new job and I had serious FOMO from all their pictures yeah. they, would, they would spend all day saturday hanging out drinking beer brewing barbecuing with their kids and their wives and it was just like a big party and i was like damn i gotta i want to do that i want that and so i got i was like jason okay you gotta send me how do i do this he sent me like buy all this equipment watch these youtube videos do this do that and so i would text him and we would just i mean i would talk to him for hours about okay what does this mean what am i doing here is he your mentor oh yeah uh, for way more than brewing he was uh i had an internship uh, i have a master's in public service and administration from nice. the bush school uh, at a&m and he was my um he was my boss during my internship at the city of college station in 2010 yeah um and so 
it was just it's just been a long friendship and so when i needed help and advice he was like okay this book this podcast this youtube video it's so important yeah to, to have ha somebody that that and it's not like he knew everything he was doing we were kind of learning together but he had kind of had the inside corner on some of the stuff to learn and who to who to look to and all of that yeah, so the ability to learn and to have so just I, that's i still think just books podcasts um mentors even virtual mentors that don't even know you exist oh, yeah. youtube university man it's um, a real thing it, like it <laughs> people ask me how did you learn how to brew i said youtube youtube and then if you look at our house where people might have i don't know tolstoy or or any other writer it's like nope we have brewing books and they're prominently displayed they're just soft soft cover books and they're about water or hops or yeast or how to brew this specific kind of beer and the chemistry. history of it. And it's just, I don't know, I've always been a history buff. So getting into like why certain styles are the way they are or why they were brewed, where they were brewed and when they were brewed and all that kind of stuff is that was to me just as incredible to learn about as the process itself. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it melds art and engineering and science and history and, it's just this really cool story about, I don't know, humans. I mean, it really is. I mean, you look back at like what the, one of the first things people did and it was ferment, ferment things so that they could, I mean, back then it was so they could drink. Yeah, it was an water. accident. It, right? it was like the way to get it, it when the water was contaminated yeah. in cities and stuff, they drank Porter in London and not water. So just, just the little details that go into the history of it really, I don't know. It helped because it can be <laughs> a brew day can be kind of monotonous yeah. and mundane and it's a lot of the same. Um, but yeah, that, that stuff kind of got me going. So initially when you said, look, this is something I want to do. What did Laura think? We had been together long enough that I think that she knew that that was going to happen. I think that it, it, she knew that when I said something that I was going to do it, I was going to do it at some point. It may take six years. Mm. But it's going to happen. And so we, I started brewing in 27, was it 2017, 2016? I can't remember, in there. And I told her, I said, the day that the day we had our first brew day, I was like, this is what I want to do, period. Not a, not a question in my mind. I had always had a disdain for corporate America. Mm. Like, I just don't – not into that culture. We were talking about that yesterday. I'm not into that culture. I'm not interested in – and busting my rear end for somebody else's dream. Mm -hmm. That's just not something I want to do. Um, if you find somebody that works harder than I do, I'd love to meet them. Yeah. Uh, but when it's for, when it's for what I want it to be for. You mentioned waking up at 5 a.m. Oh no, I get up at 4:15. So on a brew day, I get up at 4:15 because our we brew out at the ranch, and the ranch is out towards Mo Ranch. It takes 45 minutes to get there. Uh, so yeah. I'd love to brew closer and then I could sleep till five. Yeah. <laughs> so my thing is, is corporate America. Um, a lot of people, especially realtors, they, you know, uh, the dream is to go full time. Yeah. To be a full time working for yourself, working, being a realtor. But once you are, once you're out of that nine to fiver, you have there's, nobody telling you to wake up. Yep. You have nobody telling you, hey, we need to get this quota today. Hey, we need to call this many people today. Yep. Hey, we, so when you're your own boss and you're there's like, hey, no nobody's here to tell me what yeah. to do. But then 
every action has an equal and opposite reaction, your your income goes down. Yeah. Basically, why the hell would you pour your heart and soul out and wake up early for somebody else and not do it for yourself yeah. and your little family? Well, my wife is the CEO, so so you do have somebody I have to, to go. <laughs> and she owns way more of the business than I do, so I have to go. <laughs> How hard is it to separate um, your 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 home life from your business so, life? She and I have been together for almost 10 years, or married almost 10 years. We've been together for like 2012, so almost 11 years. Um, and we just, we're a lot alike, but we're really strong at when, when she's having a hard time, I'm really good at helping her. And when I'm having a hard time, she's really good at elevating me. Mm. And I think the other thing that we do really well is we know each other's lanes. Like I know she is, she runs the business side of it because she has a business degree and I don't. Uh, she works in marketing and I don't. So she runs the marketing. Um, I'll give her input and help. Um, and she doesn't know almost anything about brewing. So we have these different strengths, but together they make what the business needs. And then we're also really good at knowing what we don't know. I think that's the biggest strength that she and I both share is we don't, we know what we don't know. And so we know to go find help. So throughout this process, we found a great attorney in Dallas and all they do is food and beverage law. And, um, there was a podcast and the name of it's going to slip my mind, but there's a podcast in Dallas about a brewery that closed and, and not to disparage anybody because breweries close all the time for lots of different reasons, but we listened to it. And what I took away from it was, uh, and in full disclosure, I'm a law school dropout. Went to U of H law for a year, hated it. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, but the, when I was listening to it, it just, I thought that the title should have been, and that's when I should have called an attorney, but didn't. And it was just like, I wanted to shake them and be like, you should have gotten help with these really important things like your lease, like your loan, like your insurance, all these things that you should have gotten that led to the demise of your business. So we started with a great attorney and that's kind of how we were able to do the mobile tap room thing because that had never been done yeah we'll we'll uh, dive into that yeah we'll dive into that so so okay back to the question of how do we keep things do we keep things separate and the answer is really not really it just kind of we'll be sitting in bed watching tv and we're both on our computer working mm. um but it's because we love it it's not because it's not because i have a major deadline tomorrow on some project for a boss it's your lifestyle it's, it's my lifestyle it's it's what we love to do we love to make great beer we love to entertain people we love to be creative and when we get that hour and a half in the day where she's not at work i'm not at work the kids aren't crying screaming fighting and we get that that little bit of time uh that's what we want to do it's not it's not like it's something we have to do it's what we want to do and that may that may evolve over time um we're still opening it's not it hasn't been five years we're not, yep. we're not completely jaded um but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's really kind of brought us closer together. I feel like not, and not that we weren't close to begin with, but I understand. it's really unlocked this kind of special part of our relationship that we both root for each other. And because we're on the same team for that. So, so each and every prominent couple that I have on here who has created a business together or is running a business together, um, including, um, the owners of Jam Broadcast, mm -hmm. Justin and Leslie, you'll, you'll meet them eventually. But um, 
they all have said the same thing that you said. Each person has a role and you don't go dipping, you know, you stay in your lane yeah. for the most part. I feel like it would be harder if you were like, if we were going to open up a marketing agency and we were both highly successful marketing uh, marketers, whatever, uh, whatever the word is. If we were highly successful in that field and we both did the same thing and we went to open that business, I feel like that would be a lot harder than this where the biggest issue we have is kind of understanding what we want it to look like as a whole, not necessarily, okay, I want to do it this way and this way and this way. And this is the way that it's, I've been successful. So we're going to do this. This is new to us. We've mm -hmm. never, never done it. Um, so we're a lot more flexible and I think the flexibility allows us to kind of grow it together instead of, instead of two trees that are grown, trying to grow into one, we're kind of at the base and we've, we've just been working this thing for, for as long as we can, as long as we've been brewing. So, so what's the biggest challenge through this whole eight, almost eight year operation? The biggest challenge has been finding the right time and place to do it. So when we lived in, so we lived in Davidson, which is 30 minutes north of Charlotte for four years. And that was in my family's line. My son was born in Charlotte and he's the first person to be born in, out of Texas since my family came to Texas from wow. Germany. <laughs> so in 1852. 1852. Yep. Uh, just down the street. And so we were trying to open it up there and it was right at the front. Charlotte's a great beer city. I don't know if you've ever been there. If you're, if anybody listening, if you're into beer, Charlotte, you get there. It's awesome. Um, but we were at the very beginning of that and we were, we found this little house in downtown May Davidson and it looks like a Norman Rockwell painting. Like yeah. it looks like Americana, 1950s America. And we found this little house and it had an acre backyard that had nothing in it. It was just empty and it was right on main street and we had plans we had engineering plans drawn up to redo this house and turn it into a tap room and a bar and a restaurant and then in the back we were going to put this new building structure that had the brew system and the tanks and an outdoor beer garden and it was awesome like i look at those pictures to this day and i'm just like dang that would have been really cool um but through this whole process we've just said we're gonna um not to get like super spiritual or anything, but we, we've just said that when it's right, God's going to make it right. It'll you be... don't have to apologize. And I'll tell the whole city of Kerrville right now, Jesus Christ is my Lord and savior. Mine too. And I'm very dadgum proud to say that. Me too. There's, there's no need to apologize. And, um, you know, if I do offend anybody out there, quite frankly, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate that. Uh, um, so, I, I'm sorry, but no, you're just... good for, for us. It's been about, walking the path and when something gets in the way or something doesn't feel right stepping back mm -hmm. and we did that in davidson all we had to do was we had an sba loan signed up we had engineering drawings we had the landlord was all in sba we, don't play no it's they no are joke, strict yeah we had it all lined up good old sba we had and we had just had our second son teddy and we didn't have family for a thousand miles in either direction her family was in Indiana. My family was in Texas and it just didn't, it didn't feel right. It was a really big risk. It was a, the SBA number was really big. And so we stepped back and we said, just doesn't, this doesn't feel right for us at this time. And it broke our hearts. Absolutely shat. Like to the point where I couldn't even walk downtown. The town was super, super walkable. I couldn't walk downtown because it just, I just couldn't take it. 
And so I looked, I looked at Laurie. I said, we got to move. I got to get out of here. This, we can't stay here. I've got to get back to Texas. I cannot be, I cannot be in this town. Mm. Um, that's how invested I was in this. But that's, how, but that's how much we trusted what was being put in front of us. What was, what was being spoken to our hearts. We trusted it even to the point where it was so painful. I couldn't even look at it. And so we got a, I got a job offer in Dallas and we moved to Dallas. Um, and I grew up in grapevine. Um, so we moved to prosper, which is, uh, about 30 minutes north of, of downtown Dallas due north. It's one of the fastest growing areas in the state. Very, very fast. Um, yeah. And Laura's sister lived about seven doors down from where we did, where we moved. And so when we got there, we kind of took a little bit of time off and got settled in and did a little bit of, of home brewing. And, and then we're like, okay, let's figure this out. And this was 2000. We moved there in February of 2019 and <clears throat> coming about summer 2019, we're like, okay, let's start looking. we got to find a place. We need to find a place. We can get this back up and going. We know what we need to do. We've done all the backward, all the, all the homework on the back end of, okay, here's what you need for a system. Here's like, we know that let's find a spot. So we were looking at McKinney. And we found this really cool old, the building was built in like, I think it was built in like the 1890s. And it was a really old storage place for a general store. And it was just brick walls and wood floors. Perfect. And it was perfect. It was perfect. And the guy, uh, the guy that owned it wanted to, he had originally wanted to turn it into office space, but we had approached him and said, Hey, what about a brewery in downtown McKinney? And McKinney has Tups and Tups is a fairly large, they're not as big as St. Arnold's, but for they're a fairly large regional player um and we've never wanted to be big that's not ever been our goal our goal has been to be quality small so the trend the trends that i've seen in craft beer have been hyper local um the real growth in the genre has in craft beer has been hyper local nano hyper local um a place that does really good beer but doesn't do a lot of it you're not going to find it in the grocery store. You got to come find it. Mm. Um, so we were looking to do something like that in downtown McKinney and got through it, got some drawings put together and then COVID hit. And it was just like, we got saved from, it would have been, if we had started six months before that, we would have been signing in like November of 2019 and then been on the hook for everything as COVID went through and it would have been a mess. So what happened with the McKinney spot? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm stating what happened kind of worked out in your favor. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's been, it was, it was like we were told to kind of take a break and we didn't know why we just kind of took a break. And then that is the reason. And so in our family, we have a saying that when you're and I hate being late, late is I played high school baseball in Dripping Springs. If you are five minutes early, you are 15 minutes late. Mm. You had better get your rear end to where you're going to go. Mm. You better be there at least 15 minutes early. So in our, this new thing in our family is you never know what you're being saved from. So if you're late or if you're running late or if your kid can't find his shoes or you can't find your keys or your, your mom won't get off the phone, like you don't know what you're being saved from. That's and, amazing. I, we talk about that, that has all been, the time. That has, we have, it, for us, it's not even just a saying. For us, it's like we lived that and we yes. live it every day. And, yes. and that only deepened our trust in the process that we're going through. And um, so COVID happened and I lost my job, um, but mm. got a new job like the next week. I had been applying at different jobs. I 
really was not happy at that job. Um, <laughs> um, so it was in Dallas and then what was it? What was the, what was the position? So I work, I work in supply chain. I'm a supply chain manager. Yeah. Um, it's not what I went to school for at all. <laughs> or what I thought I would do. I didn't even know what a supply chain was until I kind of fell into it. You wanted, so you started off, you wanting to be a lawyer? Uh, yeah, so I started at A&M. I have a really winding path. I started at A&M. My entire family um, went to A&M. I am uh, a hundred year legacy. My first ancestor- year Aggie. My first ancestor graduated from Comfort High School in 1904 and went to Texas A&M University and graduated in 1908. And I graduated from Texas A&M in 2008. Exactly. A hundred years. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather graduated from Comfort High School in 1944 and graduated from A&M in 1948. And yeah, my parents are 82 and 84. And my aunts and uncles are early 90s. And my sister's got a PhD from A&M. And yeah, everybody, except our little sister. She went to U of H, but she's cool. How much pride do you have coming back and providing value to, to the community where your family's from? It, um, it's kind of hard to put into words. I just, I put it in this term of whenever I would come back and go either to our ranch or go to comfort. Um, it's like your soul belongs somewhere. It's like when you get there, you just feel like you're connected to so much more than right now. You're connected to every family member you've never met. Every person that led to who you are, where you are, what you are, everybody is was connected to the same place. And when you get there, it's just like, I don't even know if there's an English word for it. There might be a word <laughs> in some other language. Um, but it's, it's not, I wouldn't put it as spiritual. I'd say that for God, but it's like teetering on spiritual when you get to somewhere that you feel that way. And that's how, that's how the hill country in general is for us more specifically comfort. Um, but, um, when my family moved to comfort, there was no Kerrville. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So being able to come back and do it here. And I think one of the, one of the biggest reasons we chose Kerrville because we were looking, we worked from home and we, we didn't want to, I, again, I grew up in grapevine and saw all of that, right. It's, it was, I went to Caldwell heritage high school in, in Dallas and it's at least at the time it was ridiculous the amount of money that was there mm -hmm. what it did to people and families and relationships and i don't want to raise my kids around that and so lauren and i sat down i said and we said okay where does it make sense to try to open this brewery where we could raise our children with small town with texas with, i mean we had a checklist of things we wanted to be able to do let them be outside let them go be close closer to the ranch <clears throat> and let them see the in hunt, yeah, and let them see their grandparents more, and, and and so we put all that together, and it came down to like maybe one or two places. We looked at Blanco, we looked at Kerrville, we looked at um, we looked at Marble Falls, but not really seriously. Um, but Lano a little bit, uh, but my wife's kind of she's growing into being a country person yeah she's Where's growing she, into, she 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 was born in outside of indianapolis in anderson indiana okay and when she was in seventh grade they moved to her parents worked for a company called delphi which does um they do a lot of different things but they were had their manufacturing in renosa and so her mom i think it was her mom got a job opportunity at that plant and they moved to mccallan 
in seventh grade. So imagine this. And I, I feel like I just feel bad for seventh grade Laura because you move from Indiana. You've never taken Spanish ever. I started taking Spanish when I was in second grade. You've never taken Spanish. You get plopped into 99% Hispanic. Dude, that's like Mexico USA, man. And your mom and dad are both working <laughs> in Reynosa. Like, Does she know Spanish now? Uh, sorry, Laura. No, not <laughs> we just got back from Mexico and I asked somebody where we could go eat breakfast. And she goes, how do you know how to say that? It's like, I just know how to say it. I don't know. That's just cool. Came out. But when we come back from Mexico, we, <laughs> we stopped a night in Colorado on Monday and, uh, we both had to stop trying to speak Spanish. <laughs> we're like, we are on vacation still, but we're not in Mexico anymore. Um, yeah. So she, Tom Segura has got a she, bit about that. Oh my God. It's like that mucho bit. queso. Yes. <laughs> Segura. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. Japanese. That's no, my boy. Not. That's cause you're saying it Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love, I love that. The rest of that, the end of that bit when he's like, I know there's Asian people in Mexico and guess what? They speak Spanish too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that. It's awesome. That whole bit is so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, so she gets plopped in in McAllen, goes to A and M, and um, and that's where we met. It was at A and M, and she was actually my roommate's girlfriend. Uh, Your roommate's girlfriend. Dang, are but, y'all still buddies? But we didn't we didn't start dating until like way longer after, and he had been married. And it was okay, okay. Um, so yeah, so that's where we met, and I've kind of forgotten the question you know what so you mentioned something earlier it's just okay we don't we don't have to talk about it. I, I veer off too honestly. i know i'll like... be talking about the price of rice in china before you know it. <laughs> but honestly so you mentioned something earlier sometimes my little girl will be like daddy don't go yet and she'll come and grab me and hold me for like 30 seconds always take that hug man i do always take and a hug. she may be saving me from something you never know one time we were in um dude it was like almost 20 years ago we were in an elevator in corpus christi and then we pushed the first floor and then the elevator went up like two floors and then it opened nobody was there and then it went down to the first floor and i'm like all right whatever and then um we're driving on spid in corpus and then literally in front of us we see a oh no the tire right by you yeah it it, it, it was totally like smoked you. oh yeah it was smoking and and oh my zoom and, and like we're like oh my gosh it was an 18 wheeler tire yeah and, and you know those things will go through, like go almost right through, through a car yeah, yeah through heads through oh, yeah. bodies like it not trying to be graphic you're not stopping that <laughs> but i i just i do I, when you said that what your family lives by and it's so funny we do too like some things happen sometimes i'm like sheena we are late but that could have saved us from something you know? and it, it's the only thing like that that thought's the only thing that keeps me from freaking out about being late <laughs> <laughs> it is the only thing be late and sucks. even and even to this even even though we deal with that thought and we we try to keep that as like a mantra I still freak out. Yeah. I still, if the kids are five minutes late to school, I'm like, oh my God, we have to go. We have yeah. to go right now. And, but yeah, it's, it's kind of helped a little bit. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. So we, I mean the other, and we picked, we ended up picking Kerrville because to me, Kerrville's the hub of the wheel of the hill country. Mm. Kerrville's where it's the thing that keeps people from junction come here to go grocery shopping. I mean, it, you get these little tiny towns and they're great and I love them and I love to go over there, but they come here because we have a lot of the things that they don't, which 
moving here from Dallas, my wife would like to argue that <laughs> maybe we don't have a lot of the things. Yeah. But I'm like, Laura, I grew up hunting in Brady. Brady's great. Brady has a barbecue joint. And that's kind of it. What's out in Brady? Was it Cooper's? Uh, I know that Cooper's in Lano. I can't remember the one that we used to go to in Brady. That was when I was a little kid. Um, but yeah, so the, they, they come to town and they do what my wife wants to do when she goes to San Antonio. So, so everybody, mm -hmm. it's, the, it's this common space. And so um, when we were doing our research, I think the, the, the statistic is that there's 100,000 people within 20 miles of Kerrville. And, and so we, we were like, okay, this is, we'll just do Kerrville's great. Let's find a place to live. So we, we found a house. Um, and we in packed Kerbal, up uh, in Comanche Trace. Comanche Trace. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty out there. It is pretty. Um, and so a lot of the times we do our, we do our off main meetings. It's a walk and it, th those walks, we have a double stroller and a single stroller and you're pushing those strollers up those hills. Mm. No way, man. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. It's a pain. Um, but yeah, we love it out there. It's, it's really cool. We've got a lot that backs up to just open space and. Yeah, good that's cool that's that's great travis um so y'all are at 703 water street yeah yeah right next door to the humble fork and just down the street from arcadia and then you, there's something going on behind that area too yeah so that's so our landlord is michael four and good he, people yeah they're good great people. we love them yeah mike and laura have been nothing but um generous and gracious and they'll do anything to help you yeah um very very good representation of curve yeah they're great they own the building behind us and it's going to be an airbnb what yeah i begged him i begged him to let me do the brewing there and set up all our stuff there and he's like no no we're gonna make it into an airbnb it's like it's really cool it's you gonna... tell him that only beer drinkers are allowed <laughs> in there man yeah uh it's it's gonna be cool no he's he's got a great vision and what was really interesting as we were going through the process of designing we worked with peter lewis the architect yeah um and his team have been great but we worked with peter and with micah and just the vision that micah already had melded with everything we wanted to do in this space so well it was just kind of like an extension of our vision mm. um and he doesn't cut corners like at all doesn't cut corners um and so it, it's been really really fun to have a landlord that if you're going to have a landlord, have a landlord that wants you to succeed, that sees the value you're going to bring to the community, that wants to be a patron at your location. And he had had a lot of opportunities to turn it into other things. And when we came along, he said he went through our Instagram and was like, y'all kind of look like what we want to have in there. Yes. <laughs> cool. I was like, yes. How does it feel to have somebody believe in what you've created? And actually wants you to be. I think it, it helps. I think that probably one of my, and I don't outwardly show this, um, probably one of my toxic traits is that I believe in myself way more than I probably should. Well, that is probably <laughs> why you are where you uh, are. But it's, it's the saying of, I don't know how to do it, but we'll figure it out. Mm. Um, I read this book called uh, Ready, Fire, Aim. And it talks about I've heard that book. Yeah. It talks about not being hesitant and not like you can't have all your ducks in a row. No. Like you're not going to know how to run off main brewery. Yeah. Like before you do it. Well, I had, I've got three kids. I still don't know how to do it. <laughs> Just doing it. So yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's the same. It's surround yourself with great people, yes. find a great location. And then 
have people with the great people have people that'll tell you the truth, right? When, when my parents tell me that my beer is great, I mean, I know you have to say that mm. <laughs> if you're listening, yeah. mom and dad, Thanks, mom. I know you have to say that, uh, Bill contests that, that it really is because I think it really is. But, but to have somebody actually believe is, it is validating. It doesn't make me want to do it anymore or any less if they don't believe, but it's validating when people that don't necessarily know what you're doing go, Oh man, Kerbo really needs that. Mm. We'd love to have another place to go hang out mm -hmm. and grab a drink or have a date night or anything like that. That's kind of for Laura and I, that's one of the things we wanted to provide the town is because it's like a hundred dollars to roll out of the driveway for a babysitter. Mm. And as we asked people where you would go on a date night, everybody said grape juice mm. <laughs> and shout out to grape juice, love grape juice, but we can't all go to grape juice. Yeah. How um, important is that to network? You just said shout out to grape juice. Why did you even mention them? And so this is the Curvo podcast, right, yeah. Travis? Oh yeah. Everybody's yeah. And, and we have, dude, we have plumbers, but we, ha we have plumbers, restaurant owners, uh, politicians. I try to stay away from politicians, but we have people in the same trade, man. Oh yeah. And we support networking and we're not exclusive to anybody. So why would you give grape juice a shout out? Cause we're a brewery and that's how we roll. I already, I already know the answer y'all. I'm just that's, trying to that's reiterate how beer is, man. what we stand the, for. The person that has done them aside from, and I don't want to, I don't want to leave anybody out, but one of the people that's done the most for us since we've moved here is Jeremy Walther at Pine Plow. And that dude, I'm going to, he's a, he's a dude, like he's a real guy. And he, I don't know, just the camaraderie and the help of plugging in to the town and, hey, you got to meet this person or, hey, have you talked to Stacy at the Arcadia or, hey, have you, have you met the people at, at Grape Juice? Um, it, it's just, I don't know how any other industry works because I've frankly never run a business in any other industry. I only know how craft beer works and that's how craft beer works. Mm. And a lot of it is because it's us against Miller light and Bush light and Bud light and all that stuff that when I sit at the river, I saw that face right there. when I sit all at the water, when I sit at the river, maybe I drink a couple, but it's uh, us against them. And then you add in, we're in a small town. We're not Fort Worth. We're not Houston. We're not oversaturated. Mm. There's plenty of space for the, the breweries that are coming in or the breweries that will come in. And everybody's got their own niche and how they're going to attack it and what they're going to do. But there's nothing but love and support across the board. Um, now, maybe behind closed doors, people are rooting for themselves. A little yeah, you have else, to be competitive. It's your business. But, but, but the space is big enough that you can, be, you can be competitive and still be friendly, still be a cheerleader for the other, the other group. Um, it's, not, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not they win, we lose. It can be we both win. Exactly. And that's how crap beer. There's enough pie for everybody. That's how crap beer approaches it. Travis, um, I, <clears throat> you know my profession. I'm a realtor. Now that you, can be you a mentioned, game. You mentioned um, Laura and Micah. And guess what? I look up to them. I, I, I'll tell you what, I don't want every client. I don't. And, yeah, and I some that. clients that might work for me might not work for them yeah. and vice versa. I don't want every listing. Yeah. I'm to the point to where, um, you know, when I'm at a listing appointment, I'm like, okay, 
um, does this listing work for me? Not, Hey, how, give me your listing. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, you can't throw a rock in Kerbo without hitting a realtor, No, but you can't. what you can do as a realtor is, or as a business owner is provide value, provide yeah. value you, and you the provide, right people will come provide it for, for the right people. And then also provide value for your peers. I mean, being there for people when they need them and investing in those relationships. Again, things you never know what you're being saved from or mm. what you're preparing for. You never know. And this is one of the things we've said the whole time. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what opportunity is going to be put in front of you. You never know what's coming down the pipe. So it's, it's not necessarily because you, you don't do it because it's in your best interest, but it is in your best interest mm. to do it mm. and to be a, be a part of the community that people respect and that people, when people talk about off main, I want them to say the same thing that they say about pine plow. Mm. I want them to say that we're there for the community, that we are investing in the community and that we're not just this, these people that came in and opened a business and, and, and just took, just took, take and take took, a take. Yeah. I don't, that's not what I want to be. Um, I want to provide value to the people that come to us, but I want to provide value for the people that don't come to us mm. because I think it's, it's part of, <laughs> It again, you just never know. You never know who's watching. I think you, you learn that as a parent. You never know when your kids are watching and what they're learning. And you, and as a business owner, I feel like you never know who's listening, who's watching, um, and who's really seeing if you're real. If yeah. you're really there. If you're gonna say you're investing in the community, and then you do one or two things, and then exactly. it peters out, and then All you right, just kind of forget about picture. it. Okay, and, supposed to, yeah. So that's not who off main or that's not what off main is. And that's not who we are. And that's not what we're about. Um, we're about the community. Um, and yeah, I may not have grown up here, but Your we're, tied to, here, it. we're tied to it. It's not, it's, it's not somebody that just comes in and says, Hey, I want to be part of the community. No, we're, we're tied. So, yeah. um, and that that's opened up for me. It's opened up a lot of creativity with our beers, with, your names with marketing ideas and it's just it's this it kind of feeds itself as far as why we feel like we're in the right spot is because all these doors opened and we met all these amazing people and it just has brought this whole thing kind of full circle so you are guest 103 and out of all of the prominent people that have been on here the most successful have had two things in common a They've taken a leap. They've taken a chance to have the opportunity to be where they are. And B, they provide value to the community and yep. are integrated in the community. And they they are involved in the community. Yeah. And it's those, those two aspects and those two characteristics that I've noticed as an interviewer. Yeah. They all have in common. Yeah. And y'all all have in common. And I think, I honestly think it spurs from... If you're not investing in the community, what are you doing? Like, why? If you don't care about making the place better, why did you pick here? Mm. Like, to me, we picked here because we uh, family roots, and that makes us want to make it better. We want this town to be a place that people really like to be. That you don't have to go to Fredericksburg for fun. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go to Bernie. You could stay in Kerrville and with my government background, I like to spend my tax money. I like my taxes to go to where I, where I live. Absolutely. Right. I want my sales tax money to go to the, the infrastructure that I drive on every day. And 
So we try to shop local as much as we possibly can. Um, before we moved here, it was Amazon all the time yep. because it's just easier. And it is, it's super easy to say, okay, let's just open up my phone, buy whatever I want. And, but we've gotten away from that. And I think, so hard. I think that it's, it's so hard to get it's away. So hard. It, it's like, it's almost like working in corporate America, right? It's this little bit of drug that they give you just to keep you close. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit to sell out and make your life easier. And being a small town, it's harder to get away from it, I think. But at the same time, I don't think it is harder to get away from it because you, we got our hats made at San Saba Hat Company and I got to meet the owner at the Arcadia. And that's when he was like, Hey, I'm the owner of the San Saba Hat Company. I'm like, all right, well, oh, we yeah. need hats. And it's just little things like that, that make a difference. So, um, I, I know we've been going a while, but what is, dude, where do you like to eat, man? What, so coming into Kerrville after not being here for a while, what's your go-to place? Uh, Jalisco's. Jalisco's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All day, man. Yeah. All day. But I will say also the, I think it's Antonio's Tacos. The blue truck out in Ingram at the where at right at the Y in Ingram, there's okay. the gas station. Then I think it's a new mart. Man, I haven't been out there. There's a every day when I drive past that taco place. What's mm, your go to taco? Uh, I like them all, but lately it's been egg, potato, and bean. Just super simple, throw a little sauce on there. Hell yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and then we like Bill's. Bill's barbecue. Bill's yeah. barbecue. Yeah. yeah, man. Try it. Dude, we got Bill's, Buzzies. So Buzzy actually, Buzzy, I think he played baseball or he went to high school with my cousin, my dad's cousin, who yeah. lived in uh they went to the Center Point. I can't remember. Center Point Um, but he's been he was one of my dad's cousin's best friends for yeah. forever. And so we would go to Buzzies and Comfort all the time. That was like where we would go to eat. It was Buzzies. You know, y'all have a similar story because Buzzy, they started at their house too. Oh yeah. Smoking brisket, yep. man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. It, it, it's, it's a beautiful story. I've had them on and, and, uh, you know, tell everybody you meet, you know, that the experience you've had on here and same with y'all listening, we're not exclusive to one trade. I'll probably have another brewing company in here. I'll have many barbecue people, many restaurant owners, um, small business owners, big business owners. I want y'all to know that this is about Kerrville and who provides value to it. There's no exclusivity. And if you're trying to be exclusive, it might not be right for you because we're a network here. Everybody, we're a town, the dollar stays here and that's what we support. Um, Travis, what would you like to say to, um, to Kerrville and to all the people who are going to be your customers and you know, what, what do they have to expect at off main brewing? So I think for us, it's going to be, we are going to be a place that you can go on a date, whether it's before the Arcadia and a concert, after the Arcadia and a concert. If you're doing the triathlon, after your triathlon, come have a beer. Yeah. Um, we're a small space, so um, we are kid-friendly, but it's a small space. Um, we're inside, so we probably won't have pets, which breaks my heart as a golden retriever owner. Yeah. I want to take my golden retriever everywhere. Um, it's going to be inviting a little bit elevated. It's we're going to have great glassware. Um, we're working on curating a Texas centric wine list mm. and then a international sparkling wine program. My wife, wow. she always wanted to have a champagne bar. And so the champagne program is going to be, Cava's from Spain, Prosecco's from France, 
champagnes from France or proseccos from Italy, champagnes from France, um, and then one or two from from the states that are um, that are good solid hitters. Um, but the beer list will be we'll have ten beers on tap, all of them made by me uh, at like five o'clock in the morning. Personally, so, personally, you make them designed, made. And then named, unless I name it something stupid. <laughs> Laura's like, no, that's a dumb name. We're not naming it that. Um, so, yeah, we'll have – and then we'll have charcuterie boards for right now. We're also looking at potentially doing paninis. Cool. Um, doing really good sandwiches. We made one yesterday that was a test a test run, and we are like, oh, man, we got to have this on this. Yeah, we gotta something have this. with somebody. We got to have this. Uh, yeah, it had like mortadella and capicola and, and basil and pesto and tomato. It was Who made it? Really I did. You made it. Oh yeah, I almost I almost dropped out of A and M to go to culinary school. What? Hey, was, are you, what are y'all hiring for? Yeah, so it we just hired our general manager. She starts on Monday, and one of our first tasks is to put together our um, our job application process and put that out there. So mm. we'll be hiring tap room. Uh, Laura likes to call them tap room associates, mm. um, not bartenders, because they're gonna. It's not just bartending. Yes. We want we want people that see beer how we do but also provide the experience we're looking to provide so in a small town with a small space with a small staff your regulars are going to know everybody right? absolutely and i don't want them to go man i'd go but today so-and-so is working and mm. i don't really like them they're kind of awkward and weird and i can't they kind of don't leave me alone or they don't talk to me or yeah. whatever um so our general manager she's coming she's from kerrville we haven't announced her yet but um, she's from Kerrville, went to Tyvee, family lives here. Um, she was brewing out at Brick Vault Brewing in Marathon. Yeah. And had previously been the GM at Lost Draw Cellars in Fredericksburg. All right. Um, so she's got she's got the chops. She knows what she's doing, and we're really excited about having her on. Um, and, yeah, so what that's what you can expect is we like to entertain people, and that's kind of how this whole thing started, and we want it to feel like uh, – like a good living room almost. It's going to have taxidermy on the wall and comfy chairs. Right on. Yeah. Travis, nothing but blessings to you and Laura Thanks, and Off Main Brewing. Appreciate it. Um, any, come on back and talk about how it's going. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are welcome. Sure. Laura too. You have a blessed one. Everybody, episode 103, Off Main Brewing, Travis and Laura Linder. Um, thank you. Appreciate thank it. Thank you for Thanks, providing Sean. value to Kerrville. Yeah. Have a blessed one. You man. too.